0: The Courage to Lead, Episode 203.
1: You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast.
0: Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a phenomenal week. I'm having a great week, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Jeff Wickersham. Jeff is a sought-after mindset and peak performance coach who helps guide clients to intentionally step into the best version of themselves and unlock that inner hero waiting to be unleashed. Jeff is a number one bestselling author, a Tony Robbins award winner, podcast host, and a practitioner of what he teaches. He recently completed his second David Goggins 4 x 4 by 48 mile run has meditated for 1621 straight days and takes an ice bath or a cold shower, 1276 straight days. If you have that itch that you can be more, do more, or want more, Jeff can help guide you there. Jeff, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. You are a maniac. Tell me about this four by four by 48 mile run. So David Goggins threw this down three years ago and a friend of mine tagged me in it and I said, all right, I I don't really like to run, but I I like to do things that are uncomfortable. So you start running 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific time because Goggins is on the West Coast. You run four miles every four hours for 48 hours straight. So you have 12 four mile runs that you do 11, 3 a.m., 7 a.m. and so forth. So you're basically running almost the equivalent of two marathons in a weekend.
0: Wow. On purpose.
1: On purpose, right?
0: (laughs) My brother-in-law and I did something similar, um, an iron butt on the motorcycles where you do a thousand hours or a thousand miles in 24 hours. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Iron butt for a reason. There you go. Very cool. All right. We're going to come back, talk about more of those crazy things you do and why (laughs) you choose to do them and how they help, because I know they're all uh, essential, right? for body mindset and everything. Um, we'll talk about all that and more, but right now I've got some icebreaker questions that I like to ask every one of my guests. Listeners know these are the questions made famous on the TV show Inside the Actor's Studio, where the host James Lipton asks these same questions of his guests from Hollywood TV, film, and stage. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. So Jeff, if you're ready, 12 or 10 questions for you. Question number one, what is your favorite word? Energy. Nice. What is your least favorite word?
1: Try. Huh. What turns you on? Positivity. Nice.
0: What turns you off?
1: I would say the opposite. Negativity.
0: Next. All right. What sound or noise do you love?
1: Basketball, going through the basketball net with a swish. I, sure. I, that was a place that I just love to be at. And I have two sons that play basketball. I said, that's one of the sweetest sounds ever.
0: Absolutely. Very cool. All right. What sound or noise do you hate?
1: Brake squealing.
0: Mm. (laughs) All right. Um, Question seven. What is your favorite curse word? Uh, It starts with F and rhymes with duck. Okay. Good. Seems to be the most popular. All right. Question eight. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I would love to be a general manager of a
1: sports franchise.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: Still time. You can do that. Still time, would love that pressure and, and just the wheeling and dealing and kind of the game of poker, high stakes poker that it is.
0: Nice. All right. Uh, what profession would you not like to do?
1: Probably being a cook and I'm actually a decent, pretty good cook, which drives my wife nuts because I don't like to do it, but I am pretty good at it. So probably a cook.
0: Okay. All right. Final question. If heaven exists,
1: what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? congratulations, you played all out and you left nothing to chance and, and you gave it everything you had.
0: Excellent. Well, it definitely sounds like you have done that. And we're going to come back and talk about uh, that, um, how you got your start, how you got to where you are now, some of the crazy things that you do, um, who you help and how you help them. And at some point we're going to transition into talking about courage and leadership. All right. So we sounds will good. talk about all of that and more right after this. So stick with us. Well, you don't have to imagine any more. You can have that and more when you join my business success mastermind group. Join my business success mastermind group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back with my guest, Jeff Workish. And Jeff, thanks again for uh, calling in and, and being on the program. Really appreciate it. Where are you calling from? Outside hey, of anybody?
1: Philadelphia, outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Nice.
0: You, you grew up there or did you move there or?
1: I uh, grew up, uh, born in New Jersey, but then moved over this way when I was five. So, yep. In, in the area my entire life. Very cool. Good job. So, take us back to the beginning. Where did you, I mean, were you always this athletic person that you are now? So, I was always into athletics. That was really my vehicle to break out of my shyness. And I was an extremely introverted kid to the point where my Late mother used to tell me a story when I was six. I wanted to go over and play at a buddy's house, and she had to come with me because I couldn't get out of that, uh, of my own way. And, and even in high school, definitely uh, shy, but, but athletics allowed me to break out of that. So always loved pushing myself physically, and, and it unlocked so much mentally as well. Very cool. What sports did you play? I played uh, basketball, football, and baseball growing up, and then nice. basketball and football in, in high school.
0: Very cool good job.
1: And so uh,
0: I know growing up, a lot of times we let that stuff slip away. Did you let your athleticism slip away and then have to regain it? Or
1: did you always stay active? I always stayed active even in college and then out of college. And, and I would probably say that foundation was was laid through, through my mother. She was a school teacher, but taught aerobics in the late eighties and nineties, right? So uh, she always was into fitness and then she battled breast cancer on and off for 17 years and exercise was one of those ways to, to keep not only the body fit, but the mind fit. So I always, uh, I saw that example and, and just ran with it. And ha- that's been a fundamental piece to who I am as a, as a human being.
0: Excellent. And I know you're big into meditation too. Uh, why is meditation such an important part of, of your routine?
1: We are so, overloaded with inputs right from social media texts, emails phone calls all those things and we very rarely does a large portion of the world population have time to just sit in thought and think and focus on their breath so i just love the the pause it gives you and i think there's this misconception around meditation and i had this in my 20s and 30s of a bald monk on the side of a mountain right <laughs> legs crossed snow pounding down and he's there for days on end well yep. meditation can be as easy as breathing in and out five times and just getting centered and getting in the present moment so i truly love the pause it gives me and that space to just really sit and breathe and and focus on nothing but the temper, temperature of the breath going in through the nose and out through the nose
0: nice and i know you say you've done this for 1600 days straight it's part of your morning routine. I know in some of your podcast episodes you talk about, you know, don't don't pick up your phone the minute you wake up. There's a lot more important things to do than look at your phone when you first wake up. What is your morning routine?
1: Yeah, that's so true and I say no distractions, right? Because we're so many people that's the last thing they do at night, check their phone and then that's the first thing they do in the morning. So, my morning routine starts at night and it's how you prepare for success, right? How do you get things ready to accomplish in the morning and it's down to first thing I love to do is drink a glass of water. And I've told clients, hey, have that glass of water ready for you at night. And they say, that's ridiculous. Why Why can't I get it when I wake up? And I get take them through the, the scenario. Imagine you go down, you open up the cabinet, there's not a clean glass, you go to the dishwasher and your spouse didn't fully push in the dishwasher. So there's still not a clean glass. That's the first opportunity for your mind to say, you know what, mm-hmm. Jeff, this morning routine is it's too difficult. Go back to bed, right? So planning the night before, and then I love full glass of water, right? Our bodies are made of 60% water. So getting that hydration in, that's the longest stretch of the day we go without getting any water. Love to exercise and, and move the body to physically wake up. Love to hit some meditation, right? You, you hit, We hit the exercise, the physical gym all the time. We don't hit that mental gym, do some meditation, love to gratitude journal, love to write notes nice. to my sons every morning and then read a little bit. And I can get that done in about 20, 25 minutes. Nice. And if you think about the scope of it, I've just done six or seven things in a row. I feel fantastic that I've made this progress. And then I'm more equipped to take on the curveballs and, and, you and know, what life's gonna throw at you throughout your day. Absolutely, very cool. So should everyone meditate in your opinion? Should everybody try to at least do something
0: Absolutely,
1: without a doubt. I mean, science has now proven that it can fundamentally change the brain, right? And, and increase the gray matter in the brain. And, and it gives you that space and that quietness. And we're running, running, running constantly. And it's no wonder why anxiety, depression, stress, fear are at all time highs. We don't, we don't take time to lay off the gas and just sit in peace and, and calm and quiet.
0: Yeah. I need to get better about that. <laughs> Because <laughs> I know I don't, I'm, I don't look at my phone when I first wake up. Okay, but my mind is constantly just going, and I'm thinking about everything I need to do through the day. That's not really meditation. Meditation should just be focused on yourself, like I you said, your breath, right?
1: Yes, and and I would say I still suffer from that from time to time. So I I still use guided meditation uh, where somebody is actually talking me through. Hey, refocus on your breath, right? Because my mind still, after yeah. four plus years, it still wanders. And that's natural. We're human beings, right? But yeah. having somebody to say, okay, go back to your breath, focus on your breath, it, it kind of centers you. And then you build up that that muscle and, and you're able to do it that much better. Yep. And then uh, tell
0: me about these ice baths and the cold showers. Now I've done the whole sauna thing and plunge into a cold pool. Fine. I've accidentally had to take a cold shower <laughs> you know, because the water's gone, hot water's gone or something like that. But this is intentional. Tell me about this. What's the theory and the, the science behind
1: this? So I'm a big Wim Hof fan. I mean, he's the, uh, you know, the, the ice man over there in, in Europe. I've done some of his seminars, had some back when I was a, a gym owner, uh, had a former Navy SEAL FBI agent who's a certified instructor. But it's all about intentionally putting yourself into uncomfortable situations. And that's where truly the growth is, right? And and imagine the power of, especially outside of Philadelphia, dead of winter in the Northeast, that water is cold or yeah getting in an ice bath outside and I've physically taken a sledgehammer and cracked the ice and then gotten in it. You are basically putting yourself into an uncomfortable position. You're having your mind tell you, what are you doing? There's no reason that we should get in this. And what is it allowing you to do? It's allowing you to flex that mindset muscle again and say, you know what? It's not going to kill me because that's typically why the brain is having a stop, right? It's that fight or flight. System triggered. Hey, this is really going to hurt us. It's not. It might be a little painful the first couple of times you do it. And my sons used to laugh at me because they thought a dog was barking because I'd be up there yelling in the shower, right? As as the cold is hitting me. But it's allowing you to put in reps where you say, you know what, I'm going to do this anyway. And you know, I'm going to step forward into that uncomfortable zone. Get in. There's amazing health benefits. Boost your immunity, circulation, all these things. And then when you get out, you feel like a million bucks because you pushed yourself into that uncomfortable zone. And we, as a society, we're always at, what, 67 to like 72 degrees. We're never getting out of that range. And then we're not able to handle stress better. When you naturally put yourself in stressful situations, you are flexing that muscle to be able to deal with them when you are not doing those yourself. So I I love the physical and mental benefits of it.
0: Wow. Wow. And so what, what are the, so is it just focusing then? Is that the mindset part of it? Where it's fo-
1: Yeah, it's, it's focusing. I would also say it allows you to control your breath. One okay. of the things that, that I teach and, and Wim Hof does is when you get in, the immediate response is, <gasps> you know, that gasp in. Well, the key is to find your breath and just breathe through your nose and be relaxed mm-hmm. through it. So that's a powerful practice to get into. Uh, and, and that really helps when it happens in other times in your life. Yeah. Okay. I'm just just going to breathe. Just focus on that breath. I've got it. And uh, it's, it's pretty powerful to practice it. And how long does it take you to get acclimated to, to doing that every day? That's a good question. You know, obviously it depends on if you're doing the ice, which is really cold. I've done cryotherapy. I would say nothing replaces the ice of an ice bath and that's the coldest you'll be. It depends on the temperature, but definitely getting into the shower um, to the point where it doesn't impact me at all, where last winter, my family was complaining the hot water heater was going. And I said, I I don't know. (laughs) I haven't taken a hot shower in months. So I couldn't tell you if it was going or not. Wow.
0: That is wild. Um, so, tell me about Morning
1: Fire. That's your your podcast and your your coaching programs, right? That's that's correct. And and this is, I created this based upon being in a spot personally that I knew it knew I needed to improve. So, yeah. about seven and a half years ago, I lost my mom to breast cancer, yeah. and that's where I left corporate America and chose to to go out and make an impact. I would, opened up a gym locally. And then what organically grew out of that was morning fire. But I remember being in my gym days and I was coaching a 8 a.m. fitness class on a Saturday. And I still had these habits that weren't really setting me up for success, were really the the break to the car that I wanted to drive fast. And my, I was out the night before with a bunch of buddies in the neighborhood, you know, carrying on and drinking alcohol. And my wife said, you stink of alcohol. How, how are you going go to go teach a fitness class mm. when you smell like that? So I, I knew I needed to make a change and set things up so I was... Much more in tune to stacking wins in the morning, getting all these energy, doing things that truly light you up. So that's where I pulled bits and pieces from podcast books and, and where I came up with the four step methodology the rise, fight, love, repeat. And the rise is I always love to, to give the image of a phoenix rising from the ashes, right? Each day is a new opportunity, new gift, fight. You're fighting for your physical fitness, mental fitness, nutritional fitness. And we need that fight, that dog mentality. So many people are just. Kind of flatline through life. So bringing that energy, that fight mentality, loving yourself, most importantly, it's the most unselfish thing you can do. Is actually spend time on yourself because then you show up better for all those that that you love around you. And then the secret sauce. It's not sexy. It's mundane. But the repetition over and over again, just doing the fundamentals day in and day out. And if you follow any of the great athletes, I know I was talking about being a gym. They're all still doing the fundamentals, no matter what level they're at. So uh, that's where the rise, fight, love, repeat came from.
0: And I think that's the hardest part is the, the consistency, right? It's easy to get down and do some pushups. Great. But if you're not doing them consistently, what's the point, right?
1: It is. And, and we've been fed from a media perspective that you can get six pack abs in six minutes, right? Sure. And, and it's, it's instantaneous, it's intense, but it's just not the way it works.
0: No, it's six minutes every day, consistently. Yet right. right. that's what they don't tell you. That's a fine print nobody reads.
1: Right. Um. Tell me about your mastermind group. So, as COVID hit, I knew there was other men that that were out there that wanted to be connected to other energetic, high achieving men. So rolled out a a mastermind, Kings of Sparta, where we're a a group of men that are all intentionally stepping into the best version of themselves personally and professionally on a daily basis. We hold each other accountable. We're consistent, right? Back to that word you just alluded to. And that is an amazing piece. I, I feel like, especially for men in general, we like to be the lone wolves and say, no, I'm okay. I'm good. Well, it's be, it's so much more powerful when you're connected to others because we're always going to have those dips. That's life. You're going to have peaks and valleys, but when you're connected to others. Bouncing back from those dips, those valleys happens so much quicker because you're not on your own. You don't spiral downward. You have somebody else picking you up. So it's it's amazing to watch that happen.
0: That's awesome. And is that a a weekly program? Uh, We we
1: we meet twice a month, uh, and and that's that's how we do it. Yep. Very cool. So what's
0: one thing people can do to start improving their health
1: right now? Get up and move, right? Get up and move. We were meant to move. We were hunter and gatherers, and they say. You know, exercise can give you a 12-hour mood boost, and, and some people like to relate it to a half a dose of Ritalin and a half a dose of Prozac, right? So it's improving your focus, and it's improving your mood, and that's something you can do naturally, and if you want to change your mindset, the physical is so tied to the mental, and when you push yourself physically, all of a sudden, mentally, you feel better. Mentally, you find strength, and it's, it's just such a fundamental piece of who we are as human beings.
0: Nice. And then what's one thing people can do to improve their mindset? Because I think that's what a lot of people are struggling with. You know, the, the doubts, the, the negative self-talk and everything like that. What can they do to improve that?
1: One is be very aware of their language and how we speak. And I said the, the word I hate the most is try, right? And yeah. when you say, I always love to give this image of when you say the word try, I always say you're in a, in a room and there's a door you want to walk through right? That's what you're going to try. But when you say the word try, all of a sudden, a door behind you opens up and your subconscious mind just walks out the back door and you can't move Mm -hmm. forward. So the language we speak, try, should, could, maybe, those are words that are not powerful. And your mind's listening to everything you say, where instead of try, if you say, I am going to do this, Holy mackerel. I mean, that's that's a powerful statement. And I, I coach my sons all the time. They're they're into lifting right now. And I ask them, how many reps are you going to get? And they're like, I'm going to do something or I'll try. And I said, yeah. <laughs> I give them the eyebrow raise. And they said, nope, I am going to do this. And then they actually do it. And I say, that's crazy, but he actually knows what he's talking about.
0: Yeah. And I know Tony Robbins talks a lot about that, that your mind, like you said, when you say, hey, I want to be better, you'll never get to that point because your subconscious is just trying to help you like the path to better. You never actually get good at whatever it is you're trying, trying to lift a chair. What does that look like? You don't actually lift the chair because that's something different. That's lifting. You, you're you trying.
1: What does try mean? How do you even try
0: something, right? You either like Yoda, you do or you
1: don't, right? Yeah. <laughs> the wise, short, little green, uh, green yeah. guy for sure. I love that. And the other piece is when you can if you haven't done something, I always love adding yet" at the end, because in your future pacing that you're gonna get it done, and it it is a so powerful how we speak and the language we use, and then how our mind then follows how we speak out loud.
0: Yeah, very cool.
1: so tell me about your
0: clients. who do you work with? Do you work with specifically like leaders, corporate leaders or or
1: leaders, corporate leaders? entrepreneurs, VP, director level, people that are already in a good spot, but they know they need to raise it to that next level, right? So that's typically who I work with. But then I work with other people that are stuck in a rut. They can't get out of their own way. Maybe they're a coach themselves and they're like, listen, I need that accountability. I need that consistency. And and those, the three things I bring to every coaching partnership that I encounter is accountability, consistency, and energy. Those are the three things you're going to get from me every single day. And I feel like that's a, you know, the accountability piece is a a huge missing component in the personal development and wellness industry. I mean, I think studies have said that there's like six to 7% rate of completion when somebody buys a course or invests in themselves. Mm. That's, that's, that's a tragedy. that it's that low, but nobody holds anybody accountable. I have daily accountability with my clients. I mean, we're checking in, we're exchanging that energy. And when you do that, then somebody knows you care and you want them to be successful. And that's an amazing, amazing piece. Absolutely. And uh,
0: that's one of the great things about the mastermind is you have other people there that that are struggling themselves, but you hold each other accountable. Hey, didn't you say you were going to do this this week? You know, and sometimes that's all it takes is knowing that somebody's looking after you.
1: Right. That's the, uh, the, the switch we can flip in our subconscious mind, right? For 2022, I, I chose that I was not going to drink any alcohol because I felt like that was a break in, in my life. And I put it out on social media. Well, you know what happens? I'm going to be accountable to that. Now, nobody probably cares, but subconsciously, I don't want to look like a liar. Right. So we're seven months in haven't touched it, feel great and, uh, and kind of moving forward. So yep. any, any tool or strategy you can use to leverage how the subconscious mind works. You're going to be that much more successful. Very cool. So what do you look for at a leader? I look for somebody that actually does and leads from the front, right. And, and is actually doing the work. And I, because I think that's so one authentic and then they come from a place where they can teach right and, and so many times I've seen where people are reading a book and they're trying to to teach from a book now work work on yourself first mm-hmm. do the work on yourself then you'll be able to share your experiences with those and you'll come from a place of authenticity from passion from energy and people resonate with that and I think that I, I they are and I think the <clears throat> BS meter is at all time highs in, in the world where people can totally sense that this person read it or doesn't live it on a daily basis. So, you know, that, that would be one of the key components of, of leaders that I look for. Nice. And then, uh, do you have any employees that work for you right now? I have a, a virtual assistant that helps me out in, in social media and, and prospecting and podcasting. So she's been, uh, she's been awesome.
0: Nice. And then when you own the gym, did you have folks working for you then? I,
1: I did. So I had a, at one point up to, uh, up to nine instructors working for me. So oh, uh, that, was, that was a great, uh, great endeavor.
0: Absolutely. So if I was to bump into any one of these folks on the, on the road and ask them about your leadership style, what would they tell me? What kind of leader are you? Number one, I
1: care right i I care, and I, I think that comes from losing my mom seven and a half years ago, right? I know how precious life is. I know any person could be going through a difficult time at any moment. you need to be sympathetic, empathetic to them, and if you show people you care and and you truly want what's best for them they'll they'll follow your your lead and and they'll resonate with what you're talking about.
0: yeah, absolutely um. Courage. Where did you find the courage to to go out and do this on your own? I know you said you had, you know, you're always in athletics, everything like that. You decided to leave corporate America and go into the gym, right? And start the gym and everything like that. Where did you find that courage?
1: I think just knowing that life is fragile, right? When you understand that piece, all of a sudden that courage muscle gets a little bit bigger because you know, hey, we're all headed to that place and you don't know how many days you have left. So why not take a shot? Why not jump into the own node? And I think so many times we're not aware of it, but we think we're going to live forever. And when you have somebody like my mom passing, that just stoked my fire. And I, I didn't know it at that time. And it took weeks, months, and years to really understand and connect the dots backwards, that that was the spark that said, Hey, let's, let's play full out. I've had dips. I've had near bankruptcies. I've had issues that, you know, I've, I've faced and I've always gotten up. And that's, that's one of the traits of somebody that's courageous is, no matter how many times you get knocked down, you get up yeah. one more, you'll you'll be successful. And I think we're, we have this misconception that life's supposed to be the straight line upward and it's just not it's as everything well but as, straight line. Yeah, it's anything but, and we also have this misconception that, hey, at some point I'll get to this place where I'll be on a sandy beach, my toes in the water. And the, the reality is we're never gonna be exonerated of the work of getting better. And that's who we are as human beings. And when you can finally accept that fact, You say, okay, today I'm going to be better than what I I was yesterday, and that's all I'm focused on, and that gives you a lot of peace. It gives you a lot of power, and it gives you a lot of courage. Definitely. Did
0: you have a a role model that stood out as as courageous that you kind of got your courage from?
1: Both my parents were fantastic. I mean, I grew up in a a great home, Um, so I always looked up to to both of them. I would also say my uncle was always. I'm the oldest of three three kids, Uh, so my uncle is only eleven years older than me, so I always looked up to him and he was always in the sports and he's always been a great mentor where I would bounce things off of me so uh, I would say those those three have really been the uh the guiding light.
0: nice and we talk about different types of courage right that we have to tap into as leaders. the intellectual courage is is the courage to be able to set aside your long held beliefs set aside. The knowledge you currently have to make room for new knowledge. That can be scary for some people. Um, Empathetic courage. Dealing with somebody else's emotions can be kind of scary, you know, and you've got to set aside your emotions to make room for theirs and things. Um, Is there a type of courage you think is most important for
1: a a good leader? One that I've been challenged to develop, and it, it goes in line with your empathetic courage is I'm by trade a fixer. And when I hear a problem, old Jeff would immediately be processing and thinking of a solution without truly listening. And this was a struggle with my wife and I because anytime she wanted to talk to me, it was always I'm giving a solution. And I have flexed that muscle, worked that muscle where now I I just sit and listen. And and a great question I love to ask is, did you just want me to listen or do you want my advice? And being able to just... Be in the moment, be present, and truly listen and feel to what they're they're talking about and asking that question. Then gives me the pause to. If they say yes, I want your advice. Great, I can give it. If not, yep. just listen. All right. So so that was definitely one that I've worked on. I continue to work on, but it's gotten a lot better than the way way it was.
0: I'm I'm the same way. I'm I, I go into fixed mode. Yep, my wife just says just stop. Right. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I don't want you to do anything. It's not you know, on your shoulders to do anything, just listen. So yep. yeah, I think that's good. Very cool. So what's next for you? You've done so much. You've got the podcast going on. You've got your mastermind group going on. You've got your kids, everything happening. What, uh, what's next for you?
1: Just con- continuing to reach other, other people, because I think there's, you had mentioned to the, the mental side of things. There are so many people that are operating in a quiet desperation, fear anxiousness, stress, and they don't see a light at the end of the tunnel and they don't see anybody that can help. And and there's so many more people that we need to reach to just have them move the needle. And, And so many times people look at this huge mountain they want to climb and that's the finish line. We need to just focus on starting and taking one single step. So continuing to reach, be out there more, speaking in public to companies and corporations, moving the needle for for people to to think a little bit differently and be aware that there are different ways, different strategies to intentionally step into the best version of ourselves. And when you start doing that, when you crack off a little piece and you can see, hey, there's something amazing inside, all of a sudden your life completely changes and then you're on that never-ending journey.
0: Absolutely. Very cool. Yeah, and it's finding that towards goal. You know, away from goals are easy for people, right? I want to lose weight. Okay, that's fine. What are you going to do after you start losing weight? Because at some point you you stop. You've your clothes fit. You know, you feel a little bit better and you just stop where you are. You need that towards goal. When you're working with people, how do you help them set those towards goals?
1: I love setting the identity first. Of who they want to show up as on a daily basis. So, so many times I feel like we've gotten this scenario wrong where it's feelings, action, identity. And it kind of comes from our upbringing, right? I, I remember, hey, how do you feel? I don't feel like doing it. Well, then mom or dad will say, well, don't do it today, even though it might be good for you. And what happens when we rely on our feelings is many times our feelings betray us, right? We want to take action, but we're not feeling it. So, we don't take action then our identity erodes. Well, I like to flip it the other way where I like to say, define your identity first. And we've been speaking about athletics a lot on this podcast. So every day I define my identity as a world-class athlete. Well, what happens? What action do I take from that? Well, I train, I meditate, I recover. All those pieces that a world-class athlete would, regardless of my feelings. And then what happens to your feelings? Well, you feel great afterwards. So defining that identity And stepping into who you want to be is truly, truly transformational. And it's it's remarkable how when you do that, all of a sudden you act a different way. All of a sudden you take those actions that you might not have in the past and, and you feel great and that continues that spiral upwards. Nice. Very cool. Good stuff,
0: Jeff. This has been awesome. Thanks so much for being on the program. If people want to find out more about you about your programs, Morning Fire, the podcast, your uh, mastermind group. How can they do that? What's your website?
1: Yep, they can go out to uh, www.themorningfire.com. Got a ton of content out there. If they want to grab my book, they can go out to Amazon. The book is Rise, Fight, Love, Repeat, Ignite Your Morning Fire. Excellent.
0: Very cool. What's the name of your uh, mastermind group?
1: It's uh, Kings of Sparta Mastermind. And are you still accepting applicants for that? I I still am, yes. So they uh, they can find that at Kings of Sparta. Very cool. And your podcast is Morning Fire? Morning Fire for entrepreneurs, yep, on all major podcast providers.
0: Excellent. I will make sure I have all those links in the show notes so people can find you, reach out to you and stuff, and definitely connect because uh, you've got a lot of good information out there. Jeff, thanks again for being on the program.
1: Harlan, thanks uh, Thanks so
0: much for having me. Yeah, it's been fun. All right, listeners, hope you guys are taking a lot of notes. Definitely check out the website. A lot of good content out there. Um, check out the podcast. You've got some great topics you, you cover in the podcast. And yeah, and the book. Again, what's the title of the book? Rise,
1: Fight, Love, Repeat, Ignite Your Morning Fire.
0: Excellent. That's available on Amazon. All the book booksellers everywhere?
1: Uh, Amazon is specifically where it's at. Okay, very
0: good. Yep. Cool. All right. I will have those uh, links in the show notes. Make sure you check out all of that and share this episode with your family, friends, and colleagues. And stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me, Coach Harlan, saying so long for now.